Hey everyone, this is Chris Ben with the Metro Buzz, where we bring leaders from Middle Tennessee on just to talk about different topics, their business, and what they do for a living. And today we got an exciting show for you. We got attorney Rebecca Wells Demery coming on, and she's doing some great things out there. She's an attorney out there with labor and employment laws. We're going to talk a little bit about that, talk a little bit about her story, and we're excited to have her on. So, Rebecca, welcome to the show. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate it. <laughs> After a little, little little confusion here, but we're here. <laughs> yeah, that's COVID days. We're all just a little <laughs> bit confused. <laughs> there you go. You know, we'll blame it on COVID, right? Absolutely. And speaking of COVID, I always like to start the show out the same way because we are in a COVID era right now. Um, how has COVID affected what you do? And what have you done to kind of maneuver through this crazy maze? Yeah. So a lot of things. I am uh, with a 17 lawyer firm in uh, downtown Nashville. And in March of last year, I guess it's been uh, close to a year, we uh, we went virtual uh, and remote. And so we have people very sparingly in the office and we all had to move everything to our homes. So this is an example of what I do differently now. This is certainly not my law office, although I'm getting used to it. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, we had to get some remote computers for our staff. You know, we all had to learn Zoom like everyone did. Uh, we got to pivot with the court hearings and depositions being held like wow. this instead of in person. The one thing I do like is I, I actually live in Murfreesboro, so I'm talking to you from Murfreesboro. So that commute up and down I-24 every day, I haven't minded skipping that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, I think that, you know, as we look into the future, um, I don't think it'll be this year, but I think next year will be the year where we get semi-normal. Right. Um, but when we do get to whatever that is, I think a lot of what we learn through this is going to continue. Like, I think a lot of business owners are also learning, you know what? I can have my employees work from home and get more work out of them. Well, you know, I think that was somewhat uh, surprising to people because I know a lot of employers that I have dealt with didn't think people would be more productive at home. And I know we found there are, there are peaks and valleys yeah. with that, you know, and of course, people who have children at home, uh, especially if they're having to keep their children at home and, and not send them to public school at this time, you know, that that impinges on your ability to work or certainly work during certain periods of time. Uh, but, you know, there are workarounds and people are adaptable and <laughs> we do what we have to do. I think there's going to be a balance where, because because uh, as you know, the younger generation, they don't want to be in a nine to five office. They, you know, they would rather do this. So I kind of think that the future will be more of a, where maybe you go into office two or three times a week and you're at home two or three times a week. Yeah, I certainly think that's what we are looking at. And there's also, I think, a, an interesting impact will will be to leased space, leased office space, especially around downtown Nashville. That's going to be interesting. I mean, because I've got friends in the real estate industry across the U.S. in the commercial industry, and they're scared right now because they're like, okay, you know, you know, real estate offices are always building. Right and now, all of a sudden, owners are like, huh, I don't need but half this space. Yeah, I think we're going through those same realizations in our office. So. And especially if you don't have to be beside a courthouse because you've got a, a lot of virtual opportunities. Uh, I think it also helps our clients somewhat because, 
you know, they're not having to pay us to travel so far. You know, you're just getting on a Zoom call. And once you once you learn Zoom and once you learn how to do things virtually, I think that's going to be a positive impact for a lot of uh, a lot of businesses that have to employ lawyers. So. Yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting future from here. And, I, you know, it's always like nerve wracking, but exciting at the same time. <laughs> so when you take away the attorney name, who is Rebecca? Tell us your backstory. Goodness gracious, who am I? Well, I am originally from West Virginia, uh, but I, I think I knew early on I wanted to be a lawyer. There are no lawyers oh, wow. in my family, uh, so I don't know where I got that. But probably <laughs> from television or you know, I was an English major and uh, really enjoyed drama. So maybe that that goes together. I also always knew I wanted to be a trial lawyer. Uh, so I came here and went to Vanderbilt Law School. Uh, so it was my first time in Tennessee. Uh, and then I moved here and I have stayed. Uh, when I am not a lawyer, I say my my the other side of my brain gets a workout. Uh, I do. I'm an artist. So uh, and I work with a group called the Chestnut Group, which is a plein air painters. That's outdoor painters. And we work with oh, non it's like Radnor Lake or land trust uh, properties. We go out and paint them and we sell the paintings and split the profits. And we haven't been able to do so much of that during COVID. <laughs> some of it continues. So and I live in Murfreesboro and that's my story. <laughs> and you're sticking to it. I'm sticking to it. That's all I'm willing to disclose at this time. <laughs> so um, who's been some of like your legal influences out there through the years to help you get to where you are? Yeah, I think they have all been the mentors with the, the firm that I am with. I have been with oh, wow. Cornelius and Collins since 1989, since I graduated from law school. Um, but now I, I had some great mentors in the legal clinic at Vanderbilt, Susan Kay. Um, who teach you how to do it practically, how to how to go out and engage with the public, engage in the court system. Uh, I also, uh, you know, I enjoy the people that I work with at the law firm. And uh, I I had the great pleasure of being involved early on with a lot of litigation with um, And at that time, they were all gentlemen. So uh, with a lot of gentlemen in the Nashville Bar and the Tennessee Bar Association who were gracious and, and, and um, you know, one thing that, that you can learn from your fellow lawyers and from your influences is the ethics and the professionalism uh, of law. And I think that's what you need to learn as a young lawyer. Uh, you get the book learning in, in your law school by and large, but you need to learn how to, how to comport yourself, how to, how to get along with people and how to be professional. And sometimes I think that gets lost. And I think that's something that might get lost uh, as we've gone virtual, you know, mm-hmm. new law students coming out of law school are having to train in a virtual environment. And it's hard to do that and, and learn the way, you know, lawyers collegiality works throughout the state. There's nothing like hands-on. It's exactly right. So I think some of that's getting lost, and I'm hoping you know there are going to be opportunities to to help bring the younger lawyers along, like like I was. But uh, I I feel like I came out in a although it was very heavily male dominated in the litigation in the litigation (laughs) arena, uh, they were all very gracious to me, and I had an excellent an excellent uh, early career. Seems like a lot of women though are making their mark 
as an attorney though now. Oh yeah, I mean now I, you can't say that at all. When I graduated, <laughs> I think only a third of the class was women. I don't think you can say that at all. <laughs> They're like, you know what? What men can do, we can do better, right? Well, you know, and and what do they say? Uh, going backwards and in heels, isn't that what Ginger Rogers had to do? And and you know, and you know, when you look at women attorneys, one thing I've noticed is you know. Men, a lot of times are on the golf course or smoking their cigars with their buddies while the women are there working their butts off because they want to win that case. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to downplay uh, any of my male exactly. colleagues. But, <laughs> but, you know, a lot of times. <laughs> I love that. Um, so let's switch gears to exactly what you do. Um, tell us a little bit about your specialty. All right. So um, I am the uh, practice head of the labor and employment group. And I uh, when I came out of law school, that's what I wanted to do. I loved labor and employment. I had the opportunity to clerk with some firms also in West Tennessee uh, where you had more union uh, jobs. You had the garment industry. You had, had a lot of things. And I just absolutely loved going into factories and workplaces and finding out how things were actually made. Uh, or, you know, what was made in Tennessee? Because I think a lot of times we have some hidden industries um, <laughs> that you don't know about. Um, you know, I'm always surprised when I uh, I tell people that, you know, Skoll and Copenhagen is made in downtown Nashville. And so, you know, I, I loved that. And so I chose to work with employers um and uh employees both uh and and you know work through uh, it was an evolving it was an evolving yeah. thing when i got out of law school in 89 1991 was the civil rights act and so you had all the discrimination laws and i sort of grew up um in the law with all of those wow. different rules and regulations and you know that's one thing that every legislature changes there is mm -hmm. always a change to labor and employment relationships. Um, so it's constantly, <laughs> it's constantly <laughs> moving and you're always having to make sure your clients are updated on the latest things they should have in their handbooks, the latest things they need to deal with, with, with regard to wage and hour and paying people and benefits. And, and you've got the state laws and the federal laws. And I think every, everyone is impacted in one way or another by labor and employment law. And so that, that's what I do. So let's go to COVID now a little bit. Um, can employers require employees to get the vaccine and where does all that lay? So the, the short answer to that is, is there's nothing that prohibits a private employer. And, and I always like to take them out of the, of the category of public yeah. uh, governmental employers because they have different requirements. But there is nothing that, that prohibits a private employer, at least the legislation stands today, uh, for requiring a vaccine of their employees. Now, that said, I think it's it's rare that I would tell a client they need to mandate a vaccine to their yeah. to their entire workforce. Um, and so that, I think that's that's where the gray area lies and that's where the discussions are going to be are going to be had. So can employers um, ask you where you've been when you when you go on vacation and how does that work? You know, when it comes to you say you left the country. 
Yeah. So that's a really interesting one. And it's not even necessarily I've left the country. You know, uh, I posted pictures on Facebook of me and my 40 closest friends on a beach in Florida, mm. you know, uh, and that got back to your coworker who works in the same cubicle with you, you know, and they're concerned that you were exposed to COVID and you're going to come back and they're going to be exposed as well. So there are legitimate reasons that questions can be asked. And, and of course, now that we're in social media land, everybody's going to know where you where you've been and what you've been doing and who you've been with. I mean, I, I think you you lose that expectation of, of what might have been private before. That's true. So the question is, can, can they ask? And, and, you know, that's a it's a it's a fine line between asking for an improper reason and asking for a proper reason. And mm -hmm. a proper reason would be, are you a front facing employee? Do you yeah. uh, engage with the public? Are you close in a in a cubicle with other people? Are uh, are you uh, exposing your other employees or our customers or patients to uh, an undue risk of COVID because of the behavior while you were off work? And what I suggest to my employers is go ahead and put down a list of questions, but it's not going to be where were you, what were you doing? It's going to be related to exactly what you need to know, which is, did you follow the CDC guidelines on exposure? Were you wearing a mask? Were you exposed to someone who has had COVID? Were you closer uh, than six feet for more than 15 minutes? Those kind of questions. Then if you get yes answers to those questions, then you might need to delve a little further. But you also need to be very careful that you're not just targeting specific employees for an improper reason. So, and, 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 you know, yeah. employee handbooks are having to change too now, huh? I, I think uh, what I say is also, as you return people to work, of course, now your handbooks, you know, you should have sent out, um, this is what we're going to follow if you're in the office. These are the COVID guidelines. This is the temperature. This is how we're going to do this. But I think as people are starting to return to work, you also have to take a look, especially with regard to if you're going to try to require a vaccine. Well, what mm. is the actual requirement of this job? of this employee's yeah. job because not every job is the same and not every job in your workplace is the same. So, you know, for an IT person who works in their cubby hole or perhaps can work remotely, can you require a vaccine for them? Is that part of their job description that they have to, you know, come into to the office it's required that they be close to people for an extended period of time? If it's not, then I think you really need to take a look at what you put in a job description. But if you have someone who is your receptionist, who faces mm -hmm. the public, then maybe you want to look at that job description and say it cannot be performed remotely. They have to be in the office. And because of their close contact with, with uh, the public, you know, if we don't have the opportunity to put up a screen or to continue to have them masked because they have to have that interaction, can we then? require a vaccine uh, of yeah. that position because of that particular position. So I think it's very important to look at the specific jobs. You know, there's no one size fits all uh, yeah. in regard to dealing with the COVID at all. Now, let's say that an employee gets COVID and they yeah. can almost prove that it came because of the office. What then? 
Well, so the almost proof, uh, that that's where the rubber meets the road. There. Yeah, God, I, would, I want to say almost because I don't think there's ever a way to say that you can 100% prove. So I don't think there's a, I don't think that's possible. So I, I have to say yeah. kind of almost. You, know. <laughs> you are exactly right. And and, and the, the court agrees with you. Um, <laughs> and so in Tennessee, your exclusive remedy for an occupational injury um, against your employer is workers' comp. And so what you have to take a look at there is under workers comp, uh, the standard is, can you to a greater than 50 percent uh, chance show to the court or the, the tribunal that your COVID was at least 50 percent likely to be caused by your employment? Now, in Tennessee, I, I before we got on this podcast, because I anticipated this might be a question. Uh, I looked at what the workers' comp um, uh, insurance companies have been accepting as compensable, and I think about two-thirds of the claims made uh, about COVID-related uh, disease and, and time off work and things like that have been accepted as compensable. So people have been able to make that showing, but it isn't oh, greater wow. than 50%. It is a greater than 50% showing. And I guess you got to kind of show that you really don't go nowhere. Because of course, if you're out and about, and you know, that would kind of defeat the whole purpose. You know, this is where I always tell uh, individuals that I, that I uh, speak with, take a look at your uh, social media posts because <laughs> your employers are. Uh, <laughs> and so if you've just shown, you know, seven days before you get COVID that you were with 40 of your closest friends in Florida and took an unmasked photograph, then that, that could be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> like I remember a friend of mine, this, this before COVID of course, but I remember he said that, um, that it's like, it was like 60 or 70% of all divorces are won because of social media. Oh yeah. I, I, I thankfully have nothing to do with that area of the law, but people are going through this divorce or going through this lawsuit against a company or going through this. And then they're posting all this on social media and giving um, the business owners or the other spouse or whoever the other side is all this ammunition to say, look, um, they're really not even being truthful. <laughs> That's right. I have had occasion in, uh, in lawsuits uh, with regard to employment where that has come up. And people try to immediately, you know, erase their accounts and there are archiving sites. So (laughs) even if you've taken your account down, it's still up there. Wow. So um, what has surprised you the most being an attorney so far? I think the way that the courts uh, and my fellow attorneys have been able to pivot and and change what have been you know, decades long uh, practices of how things have to be done. You know, we all thought we all had to be in a room and we Mm -hmm. all thought that um, you had to swear an oath physically in a room with someone administering that oath to you. And, you know, we all thought that a notary public couldn't be virtual. Um, All of those things have have been able to be changed. Uh, I give a lot of credit to the administrative office of the courts who have, you know, put oral arguments on YouTube streaming. So the public can still see them. Um, and in my fellow attorneys who have all been, you know, very uh, willing, at least in my experience to work with each other, because we all know, you know, this is a tough, this is a tough thing. And, you know, litigation has gone on, not, not as much in the criminal arena. 
um, but I, and I don't do that. And there have been delays and there are going to be backups and there are going to be challenges are really going to hit within the next six months or so, I think, because you're yeah. going to have this backup uh, and jury trials. We still haven't figured out, I think, a good way to have a jury trial uh, yeah. virtually, not in the same room. Because um, yeah, most jurors, you know, they want to get out of it anyway. So, of course, they're going to say, I ain't meeting in person. Well, that's right. And then a lot of our courtrooms, you know, I don't know how many courtrooms you've had a chance to be in, Chris, throughout <laughs> Tennessee. But a lot of them just aren't big enough to socially distance a jury. That's uh, true. <laughs> uh, in <laughs> rooms and small hallways. And, you know, we, we weren't built uh, to socially distance. <laughs> <laughs> and let's hope that it don't always be like that. Let's hope that we do come to a point. And like I said, you know, I don't think it's going to be this year, but I think next year we're going to start seeing the bigger concerts happen um, and all that. At least I hope, you know, I really hope that we do see a comeback. But I do think that we will have learned a lot through this and that a, a lot will be applied to the new way. I, I agree with you. I, one one aspect I think that I have really enjoyed has been the virtual learning. You know, a lot of places where you would have to go to a big conference, you know, you have to fly there and pay a lot of money to go and be there and pay a lot of money to eat How every you day. Right home. You're doing it from home. And although I do like travel as much as the next person, I think in some ways it's been um, it's been an advantage because I've been able to access things that I wouldn't have normally traveled to. Um, and I think we've still got that. Yep. Now, you know, a lot of people, they see the front people like you and your partners and all that, but they never see the team that helps y'all be who you are. So if you want to take a few minutes just to tell us about the team that helped you be who you are. I tell you what, they have been tremendous through all this because I, I think it was over the course of about four days where uh, we said, OK, guys, because of this order that's now come down in Nashville, we're going virtual. Here's a Chromebook, which we thought at the time was going to work for them. Here's a Chromebook. Here's a, your dictation pedals. Here's your small screen. Now go home and help us figure this out and do it. And we didn't drop a beat. You know, we uh, we slowed down as attorneys, but I think our staff found some workarounds that they didn't even tell us about um, that, <laughs> that they were able to put into place. Um, you know, we all went to phones. We we learned the Zoom platform and our our um, staff learned how to schedule these things. They learned the court rules before we did. I think, you know, they would I would get corrected every once in a while. No, no, you can't e-file this. You fax this one and then you do it this way and you do it this way. So yeah, there is absolutely uh, no way that at least the attorneys in my office would function without their assistance. And then our billing, you know, there is still, you still have to get your mail, you still have to make your deposits, so you can't pay your staff. And yeah. we've had people who've been able to come in, you know, one to three days a week, get the checks. We've learned how to remote bill. We've had learned how to remote deposit. We've, uh, we've learned how to remote keep our books. Uh, and that's something that was just, I know, has, and is still a tremendous burden on our office manager, but she's doing a, a tremendous job and we're all still here. And we, we haven't lost a, a step. So, yes, uh, we could not have done any of this without our without our staff. <laughs> so you got anybody that any one or two people that are like really going above and beyond that you can just talk about them personally? Absolutely. Well, I'd like to mention our office manager, um, Becky Francis, who 
was has not been with us that long, I guess about five or six right. years. And, you know, she she doesn't live in downtown Nashville. She's she's up north of us. And she had to, you know, corral the office staff. She has to coordinate between the attorneys and the mm. staff and, you know, oh, wow. still having to deal with, you know, problems that arise or scheduling. She's had to deal with people who say, well, I can't come to work because my my roommate has COVID. You know, how long are we going to keep you? How do we keep you working? How do we keep our benefits going? How do we do mm. payroll? How do we keep your deposits? How do we do, you know, our PPP loans? How do we help you do all of this? You know, one thing that came up was health insurance enrollment. Everybody mm. has had to redo their health insurance enrollment during the wow. COVID. So you couldn't bring everybody in, explain to them your new insurance. Um, you had to do all of that virtually and make sure the information got out. So that has been, I think, a technical nightmare. And she's she's done wow. it beautifully. And then my own assistant, uh, Sam Musley, he, he was very new with me, I think less than a year when this happened. And he was the first one we sent out with a with a Chromebook and said, go try this today. And, <laughs> and little did we know he was not coming back to the office after that. That was the day that 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 everything hit. So, uh, oh, wow. You know, as a, as a new assistant in a law firm, uh, he's done a tremendous job learning how to do it and how to keep us all going. So those are two. But thank you for that opportunity. Yeah, and speaking of teams, I have a second co-host, my little nine-year-old, that we always bring and ask a question. So hopefully Sandy's listening so she can send him in here. Um, we have a second show, too, that we do called The Chris and Sandy Show, where my wife and I do it together, where we bring on entertainers. And we've always added him in to the show to ask questions. So I figured, you know what, doing the Metro Buzz, why not bring him in on this, too? Why not? We could all use, a, uh, you know, a little, uh, a little relief from... <laughs> From a lawyer, certainly. <laughs> I hear him opening the door now. <laughs> and we got a we got an almost two year old that little girl that when she gets older we plugging her in too. All right. Well, hello. Hi, Rebecca. So, uh, what's your favorite food? What's my favorite food? Oh my goodness. Well, gosh, you're gonna make me out myself here. But uh, <laughs> it's what I even had last night, which is a root beer float. Do you count that as oh, a well. food? <laughs> yeah. He likes root beer and ice cream. You know, I eat it with a spoon. And what's yours? Mine is mine's pizza. Pizza. Well, that that could have been a second choice. I think so. <laughs> and your last question. Okay, what's your favorite TV show? My favorite TV show. Well, what? Uh, give me some time. What's your favorite TV show? Uh, SpongeBob. SpongeBob. I haven't seen SpongeBob in a long time. <laughs> Is it's he still, still at the bottom of the sea? <laughs> yep, it's still there. Yes. Well, I think and, I've been watching a show you might even like. It's called All Creatures Great and Small on uh, public broadcasting. It's about a, a veterinarian and all the animals he helps. I've never seen that show before. We'll have to watch it. Yeah. You might want to look at it. <laughs> What's been cool about our other show, the Chris and Sandy show, is um, because we bring entertainers on from actors to artists that, I've been, I, you know, he does a lot of Nickelodeon shows. So I've been able to bring some people from his shows onto our show. Oh, that is great. Wow. So, I'm like, I wish I'd have had that when I was little, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm afraid I'm not nearly that entertaining. <laughs> 
Bye, thanks. Bye. <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> yeah, he loves that. And you know, he have you know, we've done over 350 total interviews since January 3rd of 2020. And and that was another thing too with COVID, is um we launched our other show like uh um two months before COVID hit. And I remember thinking we with that show we'd do a hundred interviews, we'd be doing great, great foundation, and then COVID hits. And because it was start out interviewing artists and singers and all that. I was like, um, you know, the world is slowing down and they're slowing down. They're going to need a place to talk. So I told Sandy, you know what? That may be our silver lining for that show. And so we stepped it up and we ended up doing over 300 interviews last year on that show. And because of that, we were able to bring people like um, Sarah Evans, Randy Travis, mm -hmm. Lee Bryce, and many people like that on. So, it's, you know, it's just been crazy. So in a way, COVID was kind of our silver lining that took us off. And then I was like, you know what? I already know, I've done this so much. Why not do the same thing with the Metro Buzz and create a little podcast where we bring on people like you just to tell a little bit of your story and what you do? I think this is a tremendous thing. And I really appreciate the fact that you invited me on. <laughs> well, we definitely appreciate you coming on. So as we come to a close, what's next? You, you think for you and maybe for Nashville too? Yeah, I think next is going to be the return to work. It's going to be, um, you know, uh, getting our hospitality and a lot of my clients are in the hospitality uh, economy and it's getting them uh, back to full functioning and getting Nashville back to work and getting <laughs> the venues back open um, and, and taking those steps. And, and also, I think Nashville hasn't really um, lost anything with people moving out. I think, if anything, yeah. we've had more people, people moving are still out. moving there. Yeah. And so I think that that's even going to be an explosion that we're going to have to deal with. Um, because the big, so big cities um, like Chicago, L.A. and New York, I read a lot of articles that talked about they still want the they're scared. COVID scared them to be in the cities where you're like a million people like this walking. And so that's kind of scared a lot of people. And from what I understand, they still want the big city atmosphere. They just don't want to be the big city anymore. And a lot of them are picking Nashville. Well, we actually, speaking of what we did uh, during COVID, we hired a new associate completely virtually from Alabama because yeah. he wanted to move to Nashville. And I didn't meet him until after he was hired and, and oh, you wow. know, his first day at work. So you know, people are wanting to come to Nashville still for many of those same reasons. I, I you know, the the bombing was a was a blow, but I don't think it's uh, it's hindered us at all with regard to our reputation. Or, you know, I I am uh, I was amazed uh, how that was handled downtown. I have clients who are in that downtown area, yeah. and it was scary. Our our office building is in that area. It was scary. But uh, everybody, you know, came up and and met that challenge. And I think Nashville is, you know, and that's what grass. What one thing I noticed about that is it's great because it's the community. You know, it's really, you know, a lot of people really do put politics aside. You know, maybe not on social media. They don't. <laughs> but when you're face to face, people really do in Nashville. It's a it's a community spirit like I've never seen before. It is. It's that personal connection. And. Um, you know, the charities, another thing, because, you know, the charities I'm involved in, they've continued mm -hmm. to fundraise. They've continued to get money. It's been slightly harder, but they're still, you know, the services are still needed. 
uh, and and they've still had to go out and fundraise and they've done it. And people in Nashville have stepped up. So, you know, I'm very proud of the community. I'm very proud of the legal community uh, that has stepped up. And uh, I just think uh, I can't wait to get us all back to a to a place where we can at least see each other again <laughs> face to face. That's definitely great. So if you want to tell everybody how they can reach out to your firm and a little bit about your firm real quick as we close. Great. Um, So we have been in Nashville. We are celebrating our 75th anniversary as a downtown Nashville firm, uh, Cornelius and Collins. Uh, And we are right now in downtown Nashville, but we can be reached on the web at CCLAWTN. That's CCLawTN. Dot com and I, I have done several media interviews on employment and, and COVID and those are all linked on our website as will this one uh, be and so it's a good one-stop shop we do uh, litigation in all areas products liability medical malpractice we represent a lot of hospitals and physicians in the area uh, and healthcare practitioners I also represent you know long term long term long term care uh, practitioners. Oh, wow. Um, we do wills and estates, a little bit of that. No criminal, uh, no divorce. Uh, but other than that, <laughs> you can reach us. Uh, you can reach us down downtown. And like I said, we're a, a mid-sized law firm. We have 17, 17 active lawyers in all of those areas. But do visit us at cclawtn.com. Love that. And we really enjoyed having you on the show today. And we look forward to having you back down the road for more updates. I would love to, Chris. Thank you. You have a great day.